Thanks for listening to the podcast from That Church Conference. Conversations, resources, and training for churches and ministries who want to learn how to better relate and engage online. With your hosts, Justin Dean and Van Baird. Hey y'all, welcome to the show. It's Justin Dean. Today we got an interview with Daryl Girardier from Brentwood Baptist Church. He's one of the founders of the Church Communications Group on Facebook with over 2,000 members. We've mentioned before, y'all should definitely join. Lots of great knowledge and resources uh, in that group. We talked to Daryl in uh, one of our best Blab shows and one of the most highly viewed, apparently. Uh, We had over 975 people, almost 1,000 people watching this Blab uh, when it aired earlier today. And uh, we're not quite sure why. Normally there's just a few hundred, um, but uh, certainly uh, just blessed by that audience and uh, love how this thing keeps growing. Got a great interview talking about digital strategy, what uh, he and Katie Allred are doing at Brentwood, um, the strategy behind it, the way they plan, the way they go into a Sunday and um, form content, social media around that. Um, Just some good knowledge. So we'll get into that interview in in just a minute where me and van uh talk with him and just wanted to mention too we got chicago next week it's sold out may 3rd will be up in chicago look next week for some content coming out uh, around that we're gonna make a big announcement next week uh, about something we've been building uh, just for you just for our community Uh, we hope you're gonna love uh, and enjoy and uh, so we'll have more information on that. We'll have some content coming out of the conference as well. And uh, if you missed that and can't make it uh, because it's sold out, we hope you will join us in Atlanta, September 20th and 21st. We're about halfway sold out on that. You can grab tickets now for 149 Those go up June 1st. Um, so you got a little bit of time, um, but you want to get those tickets before they go up and before it sells out. We've also got workshops coming up in Southern California, Nashville. You can get all the information at thatcc.com and sign up there. And here's our interview with Daryl Girardier. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Every time we get you on video, you're in a different room at Brentwood. Do you just change offices every day? the, The goal is simply this. I want to make it so nobody can find me because if, <laughs> if they can't find me, I can get a lot of things done. So, that's uh, brilliant. so, uh, yeah, so that's my goal. Uh, I did that at LifeWay and it worked really well. Uh, and so I'm trying it here. So actually, no, we just actually are in the process of redoing our offices. And so, uh, this is my new office. It's, it's, it's a little disheveled right now. So we're in the process of redoing it, but yeah, my goal is to keep on the move. People- you know, that's, that's smart. I mean, it's it goes against the whole like collaborative office space thing that a lot of churches are doing right now, like trying to love on yeah. each other and work together. Yeah, I, it's the total opposite of that. But I, I love it. It's I cool. don't believe in that. I think millennials yeah. should just suck up and deal with it. And you know, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, is like it's a great point. I think for us, we realize that collaboration can come through Slack and other means. Um, it, yeah. I physically don't have to be there with you. And I think. Um, yeah. Uh, plus the fact we're now five campuses, and so I think it just it just makes it a little more easier. Can't all be in the same room anyway. Yeah, exactly, man. I 
I've worked at a dozen startups. We did it at Mars Hill where they just, they want everyone in the same room. Everyone gets tubes with low walls. Yeah. And what ends up happening is everyone puts in their earbuds or their headphones and nobody's collaborating anyway. Whenever you want to work on something, you go to a conference room. Like it just doesn't work. It doesn't, it, do, <laughs> it doesn't work. And I've got three, the, the people over in the creative suite are three so vastly different people. Like Katie wants to play Taylor Swift or John Mayer in the room. The other two guys want to play like Jimmy Buffett or some yeah. other. So it's it's just one of the things where it's like, you know, guys, we'll make it work. <laughs> Raise hands. Raise hands for Buffett. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hey, I, I'm a big Taylor fan, so I, I got your back, Katie. <laughs> uh, well, dude, tell us tell us a little bit uh, about your role at Brentwood and just catch people up of, uh, you yeah. know, if they don't know you, which would be yeah. dumb. But let us know who you are and what you're doing there. Yeah. So uh, just a slight bit of history. Um, I worked for about 11 years, I want to say, at Life with Christian Resources. Um, and one of the last things I did before I left was I was creative. I was head creative over all media coming out of the building on the curriculum resource side. So if you did like a Beth Moore Bible study, uh, Priscilla Shire, or if you went to their events, my team oversaw the creative video and creative elements wow. for those pieces. So um, it was a fun job. It was a great job. Um, but in the last two years of that position, I saw the shift in the web coming. Um, and I, when I first time I opened up and saw YouTube, I was like, dude, we're competing against the kid in the garage. And um, we got to turn the ship fast. And while it's like, was a great company and they're, they're good people. Um, I knew that we probably could be more effective or at least I could be more effective doing that in the local church. So I had had ongoing conversations with my pastor about why I was really harping on the fact we need to focus on mobile as a church and do these things. At the same time, they were creating a position to oversee the digital. So I came on board to oversee basically the digital brand of the church. And that's our social media, our website, any mobile presence we might have. Um, handle all of that side of things. And so the first for the first 18 months that I was here, and then about 18 months ago, I took over the creative as well. So that's also video post-production and design. So my thought was all three of those teams need to sing together and collaborate, and they were separate teams. So uh, we decided to pull them all together, and so I now oversee that team. That's awesome. Awesome. So how, how many people total are on that team? Uh, a fully staffed team, and that implies that I'm not fully staffed. Um, and we have, um, I will have six people under me: two designers, one web developer, one web manager, social media, which is what Katie sits in, and then two video producers. Um, and then I've wow. got three part-time designers that service our campuses. So um, our, our we have our main campus, which is the Brooklyn campus. Then our four other campuses are served are serviced by three part-time designers. So that's kind of the overview of what I'm seeing uh, wow. from a managerial perspective. And all those campuses are in the Nashville area. Yeah. So yeah, we um, the, yeah, about one's about twenty minutes south of us, another one's about ten minutes north of us, and then we've got one a little bit of west awesome. of us east. So we're um, it's we as a church decided. I want to say about two years ago that um, we looked at Middle Tennessee area and we said, here's the number of churches that are just dying. Mm -hmm. And then here are the three, we identified three problems that we have, poverty, education, and healthcare. And we knew that if we planted churches in Middle Tennessee with the idea of first and foremost evangelizing the area, then we come in and we try to affect poverty, education, healthcare, that we could change 
through God, through us can change those areas. So our whole goal for starting campuses is not to grow our membership by any stretch. It's to literally go in and begin with a base of evangelism, preaching Christ, and then affect those three poverty, poverty education, healthcare areas. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. I love the strategy behind that. Uh, you know, nothing wrong with growing and reaching more people, but uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, that you guys are just in the community and kind of community first. So love it, man. Good, good job. Cool. Uh, another thing you're working on, you're developing a website for the deaf church. Yeah. Tell Which, us more about that. What's- uh, so, one thing I've learned in the last 12 months is that we, okay, just a little historic. We have a deaf congregation we have a deaf pastor. We actually have a deaf worship center. The speakers are built into the floor and it's about a 200 person auditorium that's designed just for the deaf. Uh, and so we have a deaf, uh, so we have our deaf pastor who preaches every Sunday and then about 20, I want to say roughly 20 plus churches receive that sermon satellite campuses, if you will, that don't have a deaf pastor receive our worship service as their deaf worship service. So within that, we are creating our own deaf theological seminary um, in partnership with the Union University. And we're also trying to plant deaf churches. Um, So I will tell you from a digital strategy perspective, it's a total mind shift because I like it, like a ignorant person that I am assume that they use the same English we do. Well, deaf English and speaking English are two different things. So, uh, and, and also iconography is so different. Like, so they would say, I just need two hands doing X, whatever that is to demonstrate that. So I make that and they go, no, that the thumb is wrong. And I was like, well, well, what's wrong with that? Well, the, that means this versus this. And you go, oh gosh, yeah, those are two totally different meanings. Right. So it almost is like dealing with a totally, totally different language. Yeah. So, uh, That's we're in the gotta be quite a feat. Man. <laughs> That's a, yeah, the whiteboard behind me is our late our, our means today on 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 wireframes and how at the end of the day it's just gonna be icons. The whole web is gonna be icons, little words as possible. The other project we're working on is we're trying to do the first ever deaf visual translation of the Bible. So that's approximately 200, 250 videos that we're shooting that are basically storying the entire Bible that somebody on a mobile phone device could share with another deaf person. Uh, so that's, that's, a, that's another that's huge. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. That's huge. There's, there is not a lot of resources out there for that. It's like not at all. No, <laughs> no. And, it, 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 and I tell you what, it's somebody who like way probably overemphasizes efficiency in meetings. I'm known as the guy who has the agenda and like, we're going to knock this out and get out of here. Yeah. With deaf, you just don't do that because you have to translate and you've got these nuances. And so it's been great for me from a, uh, learning perspective on like how do you work with this people group? So we've enjoyed yeah. it. So do you know sign language at all yourself personally, or no? I know the struggle? zero, which means they're yeah. probably they probably that's, talking. That's trash probably people. not the correct. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. not. It probably means that means a okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no, it probably no. means. Like, <laughs> I don't think it means that. Um, <laughs> no, I. They're probably talking trash about me in the meetings, um, which is fine by me. Uh, <laughs> Because I've learned that, by the way, like I like an idiot, like I'll, when I want to make my point, I'll raise my voice. And at some point I realized, hey, dude, raising your voice doesn't no help at all. It just no makes you look silly. No, it just makes you <laughs> like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I, I commend you for that. I mean, I, I grew up with, uh, we always had a ton of foster kids and mm-hmm. uh, we had some adopted uh, autistic kids and my dad used to teach ASL and we had a uh, pretty big 
ministry up at, at Mars Hill that was growing. I mean, we had a whole whole side of the church. I mean, probably 30, 40, 50 people who were uh, part of our death ministry there who came to one of our services. And um, it was amazing how that just grew there. And the people that were volunteers there were, were great. So I just thank you. Like, I know that that's got to be such a struggle to do that, but I think it's awesome. Um, cool. ho- hope that grows uh, outside of Tennessee even. Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, great. Well, well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. we got uh, about 20 people uh, on here live, and people always come and go uh, on these things. But thanks for joining us. Keep the questions coming in in the live chat. Um, doesn't look like the question queue is working. Blab is still in beta, probably will always be in beta. Maybe we'll switch to Zoom here uh, someday soon. Yeah, but I haven't seen keep the questions. actually do the – did you try I to saw do a couple. Yeah, it, it – like uh, JD, Gabby, it has a little queue next to him. Oh. So we can we can kind of see on the chat that it's a question, but it's not pulling it over into our other queue. It's not. No. Uh, but keep them coming. If, uh, if you do the slash queue, it at least highlights a little bit for us, and we can – Van will grab those, and we'll ask him at the end. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the way we use the call-in feature, we're only going to do that for people that we're allowing to ask questions. So if we can grab a question from you, we might let you on the screen. Otherwise, if you're calling in, we're probably just going to knock you off um, yeah. until we can um, allow for some other people to join in. So that's just the way we're set up. Sorry, not sorry. No, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> hey, uh, awesome. Transition into the yeah. main thing. I had a question, Daryl, because you had, yeah. um, and I'll remind you of your answer, but we sent you, you know, pre-show questions. And we asked, you know, certain aspects of the business world that you thought could be helpful in the church. And your answer was prototyping which I thought was really interesting. Do you, can you expound a little bit more on that? (laughs) Yes. Um, Let me think why. Okay. Yeah. So here's here's (laughs) on the spot, but no, 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 no. So so keep in mind, I'm answering that question to a certain degree in the context of which I work. Sure. So just so give a little context, Brentwood Baptist is what we call high corporate. Uh, we have a lot of uh, healthcare executives that go here. It's a very shirt and tie kind of place. So this place moves slowly. However, um, so my reaction to that is if I think one thing my church could adopt, and I think most churches would benefit from this, is the idea of rapid prototyping with the idea of we're going to try something, we're going to have specific goals, specific time frame, and then just iterate. And so in other words, it could be something simple as, we're launching a Facebook page for this ministry. We're going to prototype it. We're going to see, we're going to try something to totally do, or we're going to play with instant articles on Facebook, or we're going to do something, just try this thing out for 30 days. We're going to go at it, see how hard we can hit it and kind of go, okay, this is working. This is not working. And then iterate again and prototype again and move faster. And in other words, what I'm saying is make your development cycle as small as possible. So the fact that, um, you get a good solid feedback loop going too often for a lot of us. I think when it comes to prototyping, especially like when you're designing your website is, is that we do the website and we mark the website as done. So, you know, uh, you know, my, like somebody asked me, when's the website going to be finished? Well, in my mind, the website's never finished. Okay. <laughs> it's always a prototype because we're always prototyping new features and we're going to release it and we'll release a feature for 30 days. And guess what? Nobody clicked on that link. Nobody did that. Well, we either need to move the link or need to get rid of the link. So, Prototyping is something that um, Google is really good at. Um, yeah. the, the the issue with it, which you got to be caught with the caution is, is that um, and people who have um, used Google products know this is, is that you have to hold onto Google products with a light touch. 
uh, because you know at some point the prototype could go away. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at you, Google Reader. Um, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm looking at the, Lab, man. I'm, I'm worried this. <laughs> thing. Yes. So, like, I, I think like you have to be careful. And I've learned that I prototype things, and I thought, okay, this didn't work. Let's chuck it. But you had through you had some loyal people that were like into it. And so that's just one of the things that the caveat with it is when you prototype, you got to really let people know on the front end, like, this is beta, this is alpha, like, hey, we're yeah. just testing this out. Well, and I love too, like you said, you know, it may mean that we need to move the link. So many times do we test something out for 30 days, nobody clicks on it, and then we go, well, nobody's interested in that, we'll get rid of it. Right. It's like, well, wait, how are we communicating it? How are we marketing it? How are we placing it on the website? You know, all that goes into diff- what time of day are we looking oh, yeah. at what time what season are we in like all that has an effect on stuff yeah so i, I love being able to move it around um you know making it ask a b testing yeah you know doing some different testing even to your user base um can can really give you some good insights into okay do we do we need to just change this or is this just a terrible idea <laughs> yeah yeah so that's cool yeah awesome all right, so we're going to transition into you know, more of a meatier conversation with Errol. He's got some expertise we want to share with you guys. But uh, just to remind everybody, um, we are having some technical di- difficulties with Blab. It's not our issue, but uh, usually you do the forward slash Q. We'll keep doing that because it still um, formats the right way, so we know you're asking a question. So it's a forward slash, not a backslash, and the letter Q. It could be capital or lower. It doesn't matter. So as you have questions, go ahead and put those on there. And then we're going to actually end the recording later. So we're going to have some um, free discussion and Q&A with Daryl. Um, if you hear something he's saying you like, hit those praise hands under his screen. Um, it's always better for him to have uh, more praise hands than Justin. Um, I know I'm producing today, so you're not going to give me as many. We know that's why that's happening. But normally, um, you want to just make sure our guest has a lot of praise hands. So be sure and, uh, and do that. Um, so sit back and enjoy the next 20 minutes or so while we talk with Daryl about what he's doing in, with digital in the church. Justin. All right, man. One thing we love and what we've really gotten to know you through is the Church Communications Facebook group. I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that as well. Mm-hmm. You and Katie already there at Brentwood created this group and you opened it up to everyone in church communications and marketing different roles. And it's at what, over 2000. Yeah. We, I think we're, we're, I think we're over 2100 right now. So yeah, we're, uh, it's a little like we, yeah, we kind of have a moment of going, did did this just happen? Yeah. Yeah. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally cool. I mean, you know, with that many members, you do get a lot of the same questions asked over and over, but it's awesome how it's different people jumping in, different perspectives, mm-hmm. lots of different denominations in there. Yeah. And it's just it's become a wonderful, wonderful community. People answering questions, helping. Anytime someone says, man, I'm working on a marketing plan for, uh, you know, a, a book on something very specific. Everyone's like, boom, 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 boom. Here's seven marketing plans <laughs> that we've already done. Yeah. You know, all, all your work's done for you. I mean, it's it's so cool. Just the, the generosity of everyone in that group, too. So. Thanks for putting that together. We, we know we love it. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's one of those things where like we thought we could get maybe 50 of our closest friends together and say, hey, let's talk about this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like I told Katie, look, I said she's more wired for, for to be a community manager than I, I, I will ever be. Because there, there's points where I open it up and I just I shut it yeah, down. Like, I, I'm like <laughs> – uh, and Because I'm, I'm the kind of person that wants to make sure everybody's question is answered. Yeah. And the beauty of this group is – I, at first, I really worried about that, and I kind of had to keep make sure. And now I'm at the point where I open it up, and there's like usually five to seven answers for everybody's question, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, 
And again, the, what is blown me away, Justin, I think you kind of you kind of hit on that is the generosity by which people are like, dude, we're all in this together. We are right. we all are dealing with the, the pastor who is like, hey, by the way, I want this video tomorrow, and you're like, you're telling me today, and they're like, yeah, yeah. and they're like, how do I do this or this? Wait, wait, wait. That, when does that happen? Yeah, they don't they don't give you six weeks advance notice. Yeah, Braywood. What? Um, <laughs> yes, we actually did. <laughs> oh, oh, my friend, that sounds hilarious. I like to, I like to live in that world. Um, yeah. But you know, and, and so people, and, and sometimes it's just like a matter of going, like, you know what? Yeah, you're somebody. I think the other day said, like, you know, I spent all this time doing X, Y, and Z, and nobody said thank you. And it's like, I get that. I totally get that. I get yeah. people. You build something, and people are going. You you create a Facebook strategy, you execute it, and you get X amount of shares, likes, whatever you, you know your your metric was for measurement. And you go, and nobody said a word. And you're like, oh, what you know? And so I get that. And so uh, that's why I love the group because there's such a it's such a rich community there. It's awesome. Well, uh, Van posted a link there. Um, definitely go check it out if you're not already. And I think most everybody on here uh, definitely already knows about it. I want to talk to you. Let's shift a little bit towards. Uh, Sunday morning. I know mm-hmm. you have a lot to do at Brentwood. We're just um, planning communications around that and how you guys mm-hmm. how you guys run that from week to week. And so, um, let's talk about content and social media and the strategy and workflow that you guys have in place at at Brentwood. Can you can you share a little insight about what you like? What is your role on a Sunday? You and Katie. Yeah. What are you through for the week to plan for that? So. My role Sunday morning uh, starts off with at 8 a.m. I go to our first worship service. So uh, it's at 8 a.m. And I go there specifically, if nothing else, to listen to the sermon the first time because um, it's the first time I'm going to hear it. And I want to figure out what are the key points that he's going to hit. Great. And so what are the what are the big mile markers he's going to hit? And I will write those notes down mm-hmm. and then I'll start prepping graphics right after that service. And I'll go into Canva canva.com to do it. Uh, it's a simple, I can, cause I can do it for any device and just open up Canva and I create some Instagram graphics. And I kind of do some basic light work to kind of get some of that stuff ready. And then um, what I'll do at the nine 30 service, we have three services, eight o'clock, nine 30 and 11 um, at nine 30. I'll turn around, I jump in and I'll host our online worship service. So uh, we have about roughly on any Sunday between 500, 600 online attenders. So um, I will host, I'll host that chat. And at the same time, have a second screen up monitoring our social media. So I'll push out any social media that I think are key quotes from from Mike, things that he said that I think, man, this has really got the punch. People are going to gravitate towards that. I've got that mm-hmm. up. I've got Hootsuite up. And Hootsuite, I'm monitoring all of our channels, all of our mentions. So I've got Facebook for comments, obviously Instagram, uh, Twitter. And then I'll do like a geolocation on like anybody who says Brentwood Baptist but doesn't actually use our Twitter handle up nice. uh, for like a five, I think like a five or 10 kilometer radius. So I've got that, I've got that going. I'm answering chat and watching the worship service just to make sure I'm, I'm monitoring stuff like audio to make sure it's, it's coming through clearly and those type of things. So that's kind of what Sunday morning looks like. And then um, I do that from nine thirty. repeat that at the 11. And then as soon as 11 o'clock is over, we upload the service Katie will then get two things on Monday morning. She'll come in the office and she'll get uh, the full sermon on Vimeo, which she will download and then start. She will take it that and then she'll also get a transcript of the sermon. And the transcript is super important because it makes her work super quick. So she can go through the transcript. She literally highlights all the key things that Mike said that she's like, okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That lets her quickly go into Vimeo, find those minute markers, grab all the clips 
and turn around, take the clips and upload them directly to Facebook and sometimes to YouTube. We just we get more punch out of Facebook. Uploads them to Facebook and then she takes all the other quotes, turns them into artwork for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we know for our audience that content will last us about 48 hours. So people will care about the sermon all the way up to about Tuesday afternoon. Then after that, it's kind of like out the door. So then that Monday afternoon, she goes and she meets with Mike, our senior pastor. He he records a quick video about, hey, here's what I'm going to talk about next week. And that usually goes up on Wednesday. And Mm -hmm. we pump that content out for prepping your mind and heart towards Sunday. We start that turn, if you will, on Wednesday. Then Thursday, Friday are mostly gearing your content towards other promotional stuff we got to we got to crank out, but also gearing you back towards the, the next Sunday of what's coming down the pipe. That's so that's awesome. kind of a really broad stroke. Now, our social media in general is run off of a major message calendar. So our bulletin, our, what used to, we used to have a countdown to worship video, any promotional videos and any social media in terms of major messages we've got to communicate are all on one Excel grid. So that makes it easier that my editor, my video producer, my designers and social media are all pulling from the same place in order to understand like this, like, um, like last week was we had a big, we call engage Tennessee, which is a big service day. We had like five different service projects going on. Mm-hmm. So everybody knew that was a thing we were going to talk about all week long. That's great. And who maintains that spreadsheet? Is that a Google doc or it's a Google doc and it's maintained by, uh, our marketing director. Um, okay. he, so, one of the things, again, I said high corporate, one of the things that I think works to our advantage sometimes is that we do plan way out in advance. So our senior leadership team meets and they go through that calendar and they say, right. here are the three things we're going to talk about this month. So that gives us a couple of advantages. One, I kind of know way in advance what I'm doing so I can plan it accordingly. Right. But it also gives me the institutional authority that when Ministry X comes in the door and they're screaming and going, oh my gosh, we got to promote this. I simply say, I hear you. But here's what we're doing. Here's what senior leadership has agreed to. So this is what we're going to do. I'll see if I can fit you in. If I can, great. If I can't, please know it's because we've kind of nailed all this stuff down. So uh, I I will tell you probably once a month, I have to whip that calendar out and say, I'm sorry, we're doing X. And it it helps us maintain some sense of sanity in our workflow. Yeah, that's huge. I run in the churches all the time and don't have anything like that. And so they're they're fielding all these requests for different ministries, trying to fulfill them all. And nobody has any clue what's going on. It's it's so key to have even just your top three from week to week or month to month to yeah. say, hey, you know, sorry, this this isn't more important than you know these other three things. And so we can communicate it for you, but you know it's going to go out on this channel, on this channel, and not as a stage announcement or right. you know big banner on the website yeah. or something. So that's cool. That's that's super helpful. Um, have you shared any of that, like a sample of that in your group or anything like that before? I think we have, I think I have shared okay. it. Uh, I have, I there's been a ton of them that have gone around. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think I have shared it because, uh, we're, we're, we're looking at transitioning off of Google docs, but yeah, I believe I have. What are you, what are you transitioning to just something internal? Um, uh, yeah. So I didn't make this call. Somebody decided we're going <laughs> to get office through office through 65. Um, oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. As the internet gives a, a as a, are y'all getting Dells too? That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we're getting surface laptops. Okay. So, nice. we're gonna, and so, um, yes, <laughs> gosh, no. Um, so no, we're, we're probably going to transition it to an offer through 65 shared Excel, yeah. which is, 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 as we all know, it's going to go flawless guys. It's, it's going to work seamless. 
I'm super probably happy. it's never you know, it's oh, never happened before. It's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's far too common. You know, there's security yeah. concerns and things like that with it being out in the cloud. Uh, you got to understand that. But at the same time, a million companies use Google, and I've never had a problem. But nope. I, I digress. Yes. <laughs> Yep. Well, one thing, you know, we, we talked earlier, you, you had mentioned, um, you know, you're really into to A-B testing and prototyping and, and checking, you know, seeing is if things work and using the data to make decisions around that. And one thing um, I've picked up on just from things that you and Katie both post and and comment on and different podcasts and stuff is that you guys are you're willing to just pull the plug on something, uh, even if it's a big major thing that all the churches are doing. And I, I want to go over a couple of those. Yeah. One is is you guys don't have uh, an app. Nope. Right? Did you used to, and now you don't, yep. or you just never did? We used to. We used to have Subsplash, and and I want to first 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 and foremost say they're great people and they're wonderful to work with. Um, and so mm-hmm. we did not pull the pull the app based off of our experience with the company and the other company we we've talked to, Blue Ridge, and some of the other ones. They've been all great vendors. Yeah. Uh, so always always want to preface that. Because I, yeah. I know, because I sometimes can get hate mail on that and be like, no, no, I think you guys are great people. Um, <laughs> but when I looked at usage and when I looked at cost and a little bit pertains to our model. So our model, just, you know, our campus model is a little different in terms of the fact we're not video venue. Every single campus has its own pastor. They all preach the same sermon series. But what that really does is think about I'm really kind of running five church plants, if that makes sense. Right. So uh, we really kind of had individualized the app. Well, when I started running the cost on the app, and I started asking ourselves, okay, if we redo the website, which we're in the middle of doing a redo at that point, I was like, I can run the web for about a sixth of the cost of what the app was doing. Um, and so I pulled the app, didn't uh, got permission from an executive pastor. You're cool with us. He goes, like, let's do it. Um, and I got literally nobody complained about it. I got zero feedback on pulling it. Um, wow. So that told me right then and there, I was like, okay, I think we're going to be good. So yeah. yeah, we we have to realize that um, – our culture we try to create on the on the social media team it boils down to this phrase. Can I tell you can I tell you that your baby's ugly? And what I mean by that is is whatever you've got, I know it's your baby, but you have to have permission for me to walk in the room and say, that baby's ugly, we gotta get rid of it. And that's I a horrible it, analogy. It's yeah, <laughs> but it works. It works. I mean, because it's the word like you're thinking that you know, no, and it, it comes when that comes to design, video, web, whatever. So we're willing to kill things. And yeah, so yeah. I said, let's kill it. And we've, we've talked about it. We've met with companies in the last six months to talk about maybe we should go back in that space. But the research that I'm reading and when I talk to people about their digital habits in terms of mobile, I'm realizing that an app for us right now is it's still not a viable product. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. Uh, Brady Sharir, who we all love and follow, yeah. and he's speaking down in Atlanta. He just did a, a little snap story the other day on, on this very subject too, just saying you don't, you don't need to have an app. Uh, you know, there's so many free services to, to, to just throw up an app with some RSS feeds yeah. and churches are doing that. And I guess if it's free and you just want to have an app, you know, maybe there's, there's no foul in that. Um, but then, you know, you're paying a couple hundred, a couple thousand bucks a month for Subsplash or any of the other, uh, you know, ones out there as well too, but they're just so simple apps. They don't really yeah, do yeah. much as far as engagement and stuff. It's, it's nothing you can't get off of a mobile responsive website like you right. said so the thing for me is i'm asking the question is is how can a mobile app give the the user a rich unique experience 
So when I log into Twitter, it's a unique experience. When I log into Facebook, it's a unique experience. Snapchat, all of the apps, the apps I use on a daily basis are catered towards me because they know me. So how can you create a church app by which I can do that? Well, for me, the only way to do that is for me to tie it back in without getting too technical is to tie it back into our church database. Well, that's a whole other issue. But I, right. want, I want people to have that level of experience that they come in and kind of go, this is the place I know I can do these things that are important to me. And, and I haven't found anything yet that really does that on that level. Totally. I think, um, I would love to see churches just do something different. Like I I can get, you know, I can get the sermons from a podcast. I can get your blog in Feedly. I, you know, I'm using all these other different services and apps already to feed me your content. So I don't need an app. Right. To just duplicate all that, um, you know, online giving can be done through apps, but it can, you know, most of us have that automatically set up or we just go to the website to do it. And hopefully you've got a, if you don't have a mobile responsive website, then that's a whole different issue. You shouldn't yeah. even be talking about an app yet, but I would love to see a church just do something so unique and different with it. And I don't, I haven't found any real examples out there um, of where they're either building like an online community that's kind of internal for people to communicate with each other that way maybe or uh just something you know greg laurie down at at harvest does the crusades down in california um they do they use a subsplash app but they've added like uh evangelism tools to it i Mm -hmm. think that's kind of neat i mean that's maybe one step up um from just the basic app but have you seen any churches who are doing anything super unique or something custom uh, I mean, I, I know people who do stuff that's custom, and and I think th- th- that's impressive if, if you can do that. If you can find a mobile developer to kind of do those things, but that means yeah. it, by doing that, you're probably giving something else up that you're not. And it's, and it's you're not hard doing. to tie that into Fellowship One or Planning Center, yeah. or whatever you're using. None of those are up to par with exactly. what we're talking about, so you yeah. can't. You got seven different databases. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, I, I think, yeah, cause we, we drew out a mobile app and we were like, okay, we want to do online training. We want you, if you want to become a small group leader, which people get all your training on your mobile device. When you start doing that, all of a sudden you've come up with like literally 50 features and I'm kind of going, wait, no app is going to do 50 features and do this 50 features well. So yeah. um, we're, I have not seen it. Um, at the same time, I'm kind of, um, I'm keeping my eye on companies like Buzzfeed, for example, and saying, okay, how are they handling mobile? Uh, because they they do a really good job of keeping their idea on what's next in terms of content distribution. So I'm trying to keep my eye on those things and saying, okay, wherever they go is probably going to lean into whatever is next. So right now I'm just kind of keeping my eye on, on on some other companies and seeing what they do and how they do it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I don't know if Blab is freaking out or not, but it says we have 150, 60. It's like climbing like crazy live viewers to this. So her Daryl is got, on. I, I think it's it's got to be Daryl. Exactly, um, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Either it's broken, it's Daryl, or I don't know. Either way, we got to really step up our game here. Man. It's, it's <laughs> we have more viewers than like, people in the room. We love it. It's great. Did Le, like Lecrae tweet us out or something? I mean, there's like a ton. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> uh, well, good man. I you know just going back to the I, I love that you guys are are willing to just pull that. I mean, it, it is a pretty minimal cost for some of that stuff, but it's, I love how just zero focus you guys are on what works and what doesn't. We're just going to focus on what works and grow that. 
Um, another thing I noticed kind of going back to even Sunday morning and that experience is you guys did video announcements for a while and then you stopped doing video announcements. Right. How, I, how does, how did that come about and what do you do now for announcements? So, uh, announcements we, for now, right now, we just, um, we'll have somebody get on stage and just say a few announcements and then we may have a supporting video for that. Okay. Um, I am very anti what I call flash and trash. And so it's videos you flash once you trash them. They never get seen again because the amount of yeah. production work that goes into them is just, totally. I, yeah. So what I, I would tell you 2016's theme for us is durability over growth. We're yeah. going to focus on making things that are durable, that are going to, we can use for a long time. So what we did was we got rid of the countdown and worship videos. And instead we focused on doing videos about um, people who came to know Christ. So before you get baptized now, you have to get on camera and tell your story. And so the beauty of that is those stories can live on for, you know, for a long time. Um, Whereas the announcement video, it's good for the one week it's there. So by switching that production time of the amount of time I was spending on writing scripts and graphics and all that kind of stuff, we're going to shift it over to something that is going to be durable that I know at the end of the day, I think can have more of an internal, eternal impact uh, than a, uh, that an announcement video would. That's cool. Um, you know, wh- one thing that I go to Gwinnett church, it's one of the North point uh, churches and van goes to Brown's bridge on the other side of town. Um, one thing Gwinnett does, I don't know if Brown's bridge does, but while you're sitting and waiting for the service to start, they have pretty engaging videos. They, it's usually just a, a moving background of the community with, you know, text slides mm-hmm. d- doing their pre post, but then they film every week. Um, maybe a one or two minute video that highlights all the um, different announcements. And it's usually a different volunteer leading that each time Mm -hmm. in their space where they're volunteering saying, Hey, here's what we got going on this week. And it's, it's really, it's quick to produce. um, And it is, it is pretty neat. They throw those up online and stuff like that too. Um, But you're right. A lot of production goes into that, that people, you know, they, they may not even see those. Um, and I, I love the idea of, Hey, especially if you only got a couple of video guys um, to put that effort towards, let's, let's tell stories that are going to be evergreen and that are going to have a bigger impact. Um, so again, yeah. I, I love that. And the other thing with this, one of the other reasons why I was a proponent of it was when you do an announcement video, you can promote up to like five to sometimes up to seven things. If you're really trying to shove something in like a two to three minute window, if you think yeah. about it, when you go to live announcement, we really push it to say, look, we're talking about one thing. That's all we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And when you yeah. do that, you really can make it. So what happens is, is if I'm, if we're really on our game that Sunday, we'll talk about that one thing before the worship service starts. And then later on in the worship service, I might have a video that goes enhances back to that it. thing and enhances yeah. that thing, but tells you the ministry right. reason why we're doing that thing. Right. And yeah. so it allows us to a better uniformity across the board and in a person's mind more. I always ask the question, what story are we telling? Right. Hey, Daryl, what was your theme for 2016 again? Uh, our theme is uh, it's durability over growth. We want right. to do things that are going to be going to last us versus just going for the growth. That's great. I, I love it, man. I, and, you know, go back to what you said, too, with your communications calendar stuff. You got three or four things a month that you're communicating I think that's great. So many churches are trying to do announcements every week where it's, you know, five to six, eight 
announcements every week, and right. none of that's getting heard. Right. I think if you narrow it down to one a week, that's four things a month that you can communicate. You do them really well, one or two every week. Um, everyone's going to remember all four of those things, whereas if you do six to eight each week, they're going to remember none of them. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the other effect for us is this, is that so um, so one of the side effects, if you go this route, is you're going to have ministries look at you and go, well, then how are people going to find out about X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the blanket knitting class is going to be amazing, <laughs> but there's probably a better way that we can communicate that. And what you do is you end up forcing that minister to be a little bit, honestly, sometimes guerrilla marketing and yeah. or to use their own social media channel. So by... By in fact, I'm kind of forcing them to say, well, how do you think we should market it? If I took that away from you, how would you market it? And honestly, I find that ministers can be in some ways, get, I know student ministry, for example, will get a lot more creative because of that tension. Totally. Or or they'll actually go out into the foyer and engage with people and exactly. invite them to these things exactly. like the, the knitting class or the pancake breakfast is people are going to attend that by personal invitation anyway, not yeah. because of any other communication. Right. And most of the time. Classes like that are going to fill up. You know, there's only 30 seats. Yeah. Look, we don't need to blast this out. It's, it's going to fill up. This doesn't need to be high priority. Like, we don't even need to communicate this most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like us, because we don't even need to communicate. We get 474 people viewing our lab. That is crazy. <laughs> so um, this is the, the portion of the show where we... Um, have a soft ending. We're not going to leave the blab. It's going to stay open. Um, but up until this point, all this will go on our podcast that you can listen to. Um, please subscribe to that church conference podcast. When you type in that and see, we, we come up almost automatically uh, when you're searching in podcast. but we'll have the audio version of that up. But the Q and a, we like to reward people that actually drop by. And so we're only going to um, have the Q and a happen here on blab and then it's gone forever. So uh, what happens on Blab stays on Blab. So Daryl, thanks for being here. Justin, awesome questions. I want to thank everybody that dropped in this week. Um, We'll be back in two weeks uh, with Carrie Kentz. And so um, until then, thanks. Thanks, guys.